0: Welcome
1: to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get
2: started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal.
3: up and running for another week welcome everybody thank you guys for hanging out tuning in downloading streaming whatever you do appreciate you connecting and listening to the eddie trunk podcast each and every week which we have new episodes of on thursday always free to download or stream via podcastone.com or iTunes. Hope everybody had a great week. I was in Milwaukee last weekend on my latest adventures, had a chance to host shows with Saxon and Black Star Riders, who are both opening for Judas Priest but are breaking off on nights off from the Priest tour doing their own dates. And it was good to do that. I did a really cool thing there. The casino and promoter had me come out and do a QA with the band members before they played as sort of the opening of the show a lot of fun interesting idea something a little bit different and it was cool to do i did the q a with scott Gorham, who of course is also one of the classic members of thin Lizzy, and ricky warwick who sings in black star riders and with biff from saxon so all all three of us well the three band members and myself were out there on the stage and we had a good time and uh it was a good good opportunity to do something a little bit different maybe uh something i'll get to do more of in the future as kind of doing a little interview, talking to the acts before they take the stage. It was a nice touch, good idea by Bob Rock and the good guys there over at the Potawatomi Casino in Milwaukee. I thank them for having me, and thanks to everybody that I talked to. A lot of interesting stuff, too, talking to the two bands. Spent a lot of time talking to them off the stage, backstage, and a lot of interesting uh, information. I always like talking to Scott Gorham because obviously he's a member of the classic lineup of Thin Lizzy, But So he's got stories for days, but Scott and I were talking about all kinds of stuff, including just how weird it is about bands that are incredibly popular in, like, England. And Scott Gorham, even though he was uh, born in in America and lived half of his life in California, he has lived in London for, like, the last 30 years. And Scott was just – we were talking about, like, Thin Lizzy and their standing in America and how different it is than other parts of the world – where in America, Thin Lizzy's basically thought of as a one-hit wonder, which is crazy to people who live in England and Europe. And Ricky Warwick was telling me that a guy like Gary Moore, Ricky is from Dublin, that Gary Moore has statues of him up in Ireland. And then a band like T-Rex, one-hit wonder in America, but gods over in England. Slade and Status Quo, not a blip on the radar in the U.S., but super popular over there. So we're having an interesting conversation about a lot of stuff like that backstage and some other things that have to stay off the record right now. But I can tell you, I can tell you that Scott did tell me there will be more Thin Lizzy dates coming up, that he does a a version of Thin Lizzy that he puts together and plays all the Lizzy songs, which is a lot of fun. And Scott said a new band and a new lineup of some new dates will be coming, including shows in the U.S. So Thin Lizzy with that amazing catalog, That'll be something to look forward to. I'll share more information with you about that when I can. If you're listening to this on post day, which again is Thursday, the 12th of April, tomorrow is a crazy day for me. I begin it in Cleveland broadcasting from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on volume Sirius XM 106. Tomorrow they're turning the channel on its head a little bit because it's going to be wall-to-wall coverage of the Hall of Fame. The inductions for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame go down on Saturday, and volume's going to be covering much of it, and I will be in Cleveland from Thursday night until Friday doing the broadcast in the morning, 9 a.m. till 12 noon, I'll be on doing some coverage and broadcasting from right inside the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum in Cleveland. And a number of people have asked me, If this is something that's open to the public and I'm told that it is, and you'll be able to find us and see the broadcast in the morning. It's going to be myself, Lori and Nick who do the morning show on volume called feedback and also Gary Delabate from the Howard Stern show. So that's going to be the morning broadcast team, nine a till 12 noon from the hall of fame in Cleveland. Join us for the action. If you have Sirius XM on one Oh six volume. And then from there, I get right to the airport and fly to Tulsa, where that same night, this Friday night, I'll host L.A. Guns at the IDL Ballroom. So that should be really cool. What an adventure it's going to be for me this coming Friday. And then I hang around in Tulsa for a couple days, do some radio from there, and then headed to Houston, Proof Rooftop Lounge, where I'm hosting Tom Kiefer on the 22nd, and just added. On the 23rd in Houston, White Oak Music Hall, I'll be doing my Sirius XM show, Trunk Nation, live on volume from the White Oak Music Hall, Monday, April 23rd, 1 to 3 Central Time Live. So if you're in the Houston area, come by and watch the show. It won't cost you a penny to do so. Maybe I'll put you on the air. We'll do a little free-for-all Monday. Again, April 23rd for that. Rocklahoma's coming up. They've just added, uh, well, Rocklahoma's coming up Memorial Weekend. M3 coming up even sooner. And that is, uh, they've just added some bands there in Columbia, Maryland. And that, of course, is the first weekend of May. And the Ride for Ronnie coming up in Encino, California, May 6th. All for the Dio Cancer Fund, which I'll also be hosting. So tons of stuff going on. Please keep an eye on my website, eddytrunk.com All the details and information there, follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Eddie Trunk. Speaking of live broadcast, the interview that I have for you, and as I always tell you, what you hear on this podcast interview-wise is just a, a small sample of what I do on a daily basis on my daily talk show on Sirius XM Channel 106 volume which you can hear live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, replaying every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. That show is called Trunk Nation, and it is nothing but talk and interviews about music. And I do that show from remote locations. As I just mentioned, I'll be doing it from Houston on the 23rd. I got shows coming up from Tulsa as well. And I recently did some shows from Dallas, and King Diamond lives in Dallas. And I was able to get King Diamond to come over and do the broadcast with me and do an interview with me when I was in Dallas. And it was great to see him. He's an interesting guy. There are people that, you know, like Metallica, for instance, I mean, they absolutely love Merciful Fate and King Diamond. A guy like Mark Tremonti, the same thing. I mean, they have their fans. King Diamond has built a huge career and... You know, I don't like everything he does musically. His voice is a bit of an acquired taste, but he's an interesting guy. I, I mean, you listen to him, and he's so much fun to talk to. He's got so many great stories. I know that he can be a bit controversial in his beliefs, which people don't fully understand sometimes, but um, just a, a, a pretty iconic figure as far as metal is concerned who's been doing it for a very, very, very long time. So I got a lot of respect for what he does, and he's, like I said, always a fascinating interview. And when this originally aired a few weeks ago on SiriusXM, I got a tremendous amount of positive reaction to this interview. So I'm glad that I can bring it to you now for you guys, listeners of the Eddie Trunk Podcast around the world. So coming up in a matter of minutes, King Diamond and... Hasn't been doing much press, but he talks about a new record. He talks about a new tour. He talks about his earliest years. He talks about being a kid, uh, coming up in Denmark, some of the acts that he saw that really influenced him. I think whether you're a fan of his music or not, I think you're going to find this uh, interview pretty interesting and entertaining, at least I hope you do. Also, quick note, brand new Trunk Nation t-shirt just released in time for the spring and summer. Very cool sort of flaming microphone design. Check it out. Merch store on eddytrunk.com. Hit that, and you'll see the brand-new design. Brand-new T-shirt just released for the 2018 summer. Have a look for that. They'll also be available at M3 and also at Rock, Oklahoma at the merch booths, but you can mail away for one right now. Just go to the merch store, see all the merch, including the new shirt there, on eddytrunk.com. While you're there, all my appearances, there's a ton of them. On the homepage, the blog, which is the Trunk Report, email me through the site, sign copies of my books. It's all there for you on my website. Final note, July 1st, important date, mark it on your calendars if you have Access TV. And that is spelled A-X-S on your channel grids. I have a brand new show starting July 1st. It'll premiere on the 1st of July, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, Trunk Fest. Me covering music festivals. Hope you guys watch it. Hope you enjoy it. Very excited about this. Very excited you'll finally get a chance to check it out. Trunk Fest, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, July 1st on Access TV is the debut. Mark it. Get ready. More when we get a little bit closer. King Diamond standing by. An interview that I did with him from the Guitar Sanctuary in McKinney, Texas. And I think you're really going to love this. It's coming up next on the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
1: The Eddie Trunk
3: Podcast. Hey, you guys, do you know that sexual performance issues, they are more common than you think? Check this stat out. Over 25% of new EDs. That's erectile dysfunction cases are in guys under 40. That's right. It is uh it's not a problem just for old guys anymore and uh, you can help you can get a lot of help here. We got uh, some solutions for you right now. And that solution is forhymns.com. Because forhims.com is a one-stop place for guys problems, hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness just for men. And thanks to science The problem of ED can be optional. HIMSS will connect you with real doctors with medical-grade solutions to ED. No snake oil, no trying to go in a store and buy something that you don't even know if it's legit. Nobody trying to sell you stuff on late-night commercials. No waiting room, no awkward doctor's visits. It's easy. You answer a few quick questions, you chat with a doctor for a confidential review, and the product's are shipped directly to your door. No in-person doctor's visit is required. Not anymore. Erectile dysfunction without the dysfunction. Try HIMSS for a month today for just $5. You'll get started for just 5 bucks while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. You want this deal? Easy. Go to 4 Four hymns dot com slash trunk ed that's four hymns you ready for this f-o-r-h-i-m-s dot com slash trunked t-r-u-n-k my last name with ed at the end one more time so you got it right for hymns dot com f-o-r-h-i-m-s dot com slash trunk t-r-u-n-k ed for hymns dot com slash trunk ed go there Check it out. Four hymns. What's it like for you watching games of your son coaching? Agonizing.
1: It's a family affair on Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast. You know, I didn't know there was actual work here. (laughs) Recent guests include Rich Eisen, John Harbaugh, Judge Judy, and John Madden.
4: I thought one of the greatest jobs in coaching in the NFL was Jim's first year with the 49ers.
1: Exclusively on Podcast One Sportsnet. Get episodes every Tuesday on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts.
2: Great time to be a Wolverine.
1: This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
3: All right, let's get into it on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. We go to the Guitar Sanctuary in McKinney, Texas, where I was joined just a couple weeks ago by King Diamond. Enjoy. How are you, man? Doing good, absolutely. You're looking good? You're feeling good? Last time we had you on that metal show, you were telling us about all the health ailments and stuff yeah. you had endured to get better. How are you feeling with all that?
5: feel good. I mean, it's uh, we've been touring and touring since, you know, and uh, working on a new album uh, later this year. It will be writing and recording for a brand-new studio album, King Diamond. And we are finishing up the, the DVD at the moment. So um, we've been working on that for a while. I'm sure a lot of uh, people are wondering why it has taken so long, but it's like a double uh, Blu-ray DVD, you know, and uh, there's two full concerts on it. But it's the way we recorded it, the way it's been edited, that is very unique. I don't think uh, our fans will have seen anything like it ever before.
3: How so? so? It, what, what did you? What are you trying? What are you? What's the goal? The, the two concerts are
5: there's uh, Grass Pop, uh, so that's big festival, you know, with a big production. Uh, uh, they both are, have the same production actually, but it's a big place, of course, with uh, thirty or forty thousand people. Uh, the other show is from Philadelphia, and uh, some clips have also been taken used from Detroit. That was indoor theater show you know so uh, it, it's very different but on the entire tour uh, both tours we uh, recorded uh, ourselves nine GoPros every night Wow right on the tour placed different places in a coffin on uh, what is it? The lanterns we we hold and use around the uh, the grandma's wheelchair had a thing on, you know, on guitars and just railings, and it was everywhere. You know, we didn't even know where they were until afterwards we like, or we would get surprised and say, "Oh wow, there's one of these again." So they had a lot of these. You can
3: imagine really uh, unique angles, I would think, right? Because you you, never, is,
5: you, you'll never see them from from other bands because you you would have to to have a guy standing with a camera, right? You know? And and there's. There was twenty-five shows that we did it to, and then the the two shows that they did with nine pro cameras on top of it, you know. So, but we had all these other angles uh, uh, multiplied by nine. Uh, twenty-five shows. I mean, that, the
3: editing must be taking forever, though, because yeah, the more cameras edits, in, you have to, that's, that's the, the more footage you have to look that's at, right?
5: The deal. And we we are ninety-eight uh, percent done with the Philadelphia show, and it uh, has blown my way. I can't. Uh, every time I, I watch a few songs from it. Uh, I see new things I didn't see before because there is so much. It's as if you were given a a 10x VIP pass, but you would still not see all that even if you stood there and saw it for right. yourself because uh, I'll suddenly be walked the second floor uh, across the bridge uh, straight towards you, you know, or the actress has a lantern in her hand and uh, it's the one that's filming me coming towards you. It, it's Crazy angles, you know, it's really interesting. So
3: you have two completely separate shows that you're going to put out like this on DVD? Yeah. And so one is Philadelphia.
5: And the other is Grass Pop. Which
3: is in where, Sweden?
5: Uh, That's Belgium. Belgium. Uh, Yeah, Belgium Outdoor Festival, big one. There's also some clips from uh, Hellfest mixed into it here and there for having more angles even. Right, uh,
3: right. And this is from the most recent touring you did?
5: Yeah, Uh, 2016 uh, in Europe and 2015 over here in the U.S.,
3: was it was it already too? It's crazy. That <laughs> long ago that you did the U.S. stuff. It's crazy because I remember you know not being able to make your show. I know yeah. you did your show in New York, and I remember I was bummed I couldn't get there. But I know that you you did a lot of shows, and I know the shows were really big, and you brought your full production into everything. Yeah, I mean, people everything. were raving about what you were doing, and then you went all over the world with that.
5: Yeah. I mean, we went, uh, now now, when we start again here, there's, there's so much that has happened for us that is really, really cool. So we are finishing this off. It'll come out this year for sure, you know, and uh, it will be very, very unique. As soon as it's done, I mean, Andy LaRocca is coming here to, to uh, Frisco in, uh, as soon as the DVD is finished, you know, it'll be a matter of two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Then he's showing up here to initiate my home studio where I'm going to do all the vocals. It's, it's For another record. Yeah, for a brand new King Diamond Studio album.
3: Have you, and is the music done yet? Or you, the music
5: you, is not done yet. That's what we're going to start writing. So you but, work but with Andy? storyline is about 80% done.
3: Can you reveal where you're going with it mm, or not yet?
5: Rather not. But it's, okay. uh, there, there's, there's some uh, very unique things I'm putting into it this time where um, you will relate to some of the sounds you hear on it because uh, it's uh, sounds that... Uh, you will hear uh, on certain days uh, in your own life, or your private life, you know, you, you're outdoors or whatever, and you might hear certain sounds, and you will guarantee, think if you heard the album, say, Wonder if that thing King talked about could have happened when I heard that sound here. Because it, it has, uh, I shouldn't say so much, but <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about it, you know. I've, I told, uh, yeah. I've told our new management. King Diamond has a management for the first time in our entire career. Oslo oh, must be happy.
3: <laughs> I think he is. <laughs> so
5: I, I was actually the one asking him for uh, for uh, if he had somebody that could help a little bit with all the the statement calculations because it really started to fade me up, you know. And he said, "Yeah, I think I might have someone." And then he put us in contact with I didn't know who he had in mind, and suddenly we were having meetings with with some management and. Uh, We've signed up with Five uh, P Management, which is uh, uh, oh Corey Slipknot and those guys, and, uh, yeah, 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 Corey yeah. and
3: Bob. I know those; those are great. Yeah. It's a big company, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, so very that's much. great to have yeah. that sort of stuff behind you. They got Slipknot and uh,
5: yeah, Megadeth, uh, Megadeth, yeah, are, uh, Trivium, I think they have a bunch of uh, very very cool bands. So, wow! So we'll be uh, they are already working now on, on uh, uh, with our our super booing agents, which are also major A G I. You know, uh, Mike laughing and Nick Torch. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are working on the the, the uh, big festivals over in Europe for for 2019, and then there will be your. Uh everywhere (laughs) so you
3: you went through so much to to with your health when you were on that metal show we talked about it with your heart and everything that you had heart surgery and all the things you've gone through this tour that you're documenting on this dvd that was really the first big undertaking you did since all your health stuff right yes how did you feel how physically how did you feel every night going out there around the world and playing because it was the first time you did it since everything
5: up and down the stairs to the second floor you know i mean i Doing everything that I would uh, normally do, uh, I'm careful. I'm—you uh, have to be careful when you're up and down these stairs, you know. But uh, it went absolutely well. I mean, I'm in. Uh pretty good shape did you uh, did
3: you have to go through did you go through any sort of training I mean you look great physically I mean did you did you do anything different in terms of no to get, I just, make I, sure you had your wind and make sure you're able to sing and move? I walk
5: a lot uh, I, I do what the doctors have told me and that is uh, walk four times a week uh, for uh, 1.5 miles and uh, so we'll walk fast there, yeah. and it doesn't matter what the weather is like. I know my wife doesn't like so much when it gets hot and clammy. Yeah, sometimes it does. You know, humid. Yeah, that's what I love because it gives me that extra challenge. You know, to I get through that stuff, I get through any show. You know, so it's uh, it, a lot of that stuff, and staying stay in, in, in shape, and then singing in my home studio. You know, a lot to to keep uh, in shape, be ready to to do uh, the, the, the shows when when they come. The, the worst. For me as a singer is that I'm the one in the entire band that gets the least oxygen. Because, you know, I take a big breath and then I have to sing and let it out while that breath is lasting. Before I can take my next breath, the others can, you know, (laughs) and be playing. Right, right. So uh, that's a challenge there, you know. But um, there was a couple of shows where we had uh, some, uh, what do you call those? Uh, It was medical people, but they were were there for, for just...
3: EMTs, emergency yeah. medical guys. Yeah, they're just there. Standing. They were there to it, watch the show, but it was good yeah. to have them there just in case. Exactly, you're thinking like, you know, <laughs> hey,
5: you never know. But they actually, want one show, measured me and my, my blood uh, oxygen and stuff like that, and they were very surprised, you know, how, how great it went. So it's, I stay healthy, you know, I, um, I drink the right things. I'm totally hydrated nowadays, also I make sure that I... Um,
3: for people that don't know and didn't know the story, you had open heart surgery Yeah. and you you had did you have actually did you actually have a heart attack or you almost had one?
5: Uh, it was a heart attack. Right? You did yeah. have a heart attack, yeah. right? Yeah.
3: And then and then they did you have to be revived from that? Uh no, or did you they, lose consciousness or?
5: Uh, no. Uh, they took me to the hospital. They were the hospital was about uh, 2 minutes from my house. So uh, I can see when they, when we take our walks.
3: Were you here in Texas? You were home yeah. when it happened? Yeah. Well, that's good at least. You're yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Yeah.
5: So it's, uh, and it, it was uh, strange coming in there, and then suddenly they they uh, check you up, but they had to go in with a camera, you know, and up and look at the heart uh, inside through the veins and all that. And uh, they came back and said, okay, that little thing went well. Uh, you're semi-alert uh, during the whole thing. And then uh, they said, but it doesn't look good up there. We have to go in and do a triple bypass, and like, okay, what is this? The next day, I'm signing papers for all kinds of stuff. If I die, and yeah, all, sure, all that stuff. It suddenly uh, reality hits you very hard in the face, you know. And uh, as, soon as what did kept, they
3: say was the cause? You smoked for a long time. Right? I
5: smoked for a long time, yes, but uh, that of course is a, a reason. Uh, but uh, just as big a reason was the the hereditary stuff, right? That, you have that, a family
3: history of yeah. of, of heart yeah. disease, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do too. I mean, as we get older, you got to keep up with that stuff. Oh, and absolutely. You, and you look at your family history stuff, and that's the best indicator that 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 could yeah. dictate what you should and shouldn't be, you know, doing and trying yeah. to do, and 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 what your you know your family history is is a big big factor. I was lucky
5: with a very very skilled uh, surgeon that did it, and now uh, I have a, I I wouldn't uh, want to live without this guy. Uh, my doctor Klein is my uh, cardiologist now. And uh, he brings me in every four months when we're out touring and stuff like that because he wants to see that I'm doing all right. Uh, because or I thought maybe he was a metal
3: fan. Is he a metal fan? <laughs> well, he, he,
5: you know what? The funny thing is, the first day I came into his office and we started talking. He, I told him I play music and it has to do with horror and all this stuff, you know. And then he said, horror? Wow, the, the most horror song I've ever heard was uh, um, DOA with uh, Blood Rock, you know, who are from Texas. And they'd say, have you ever heard of It is creepy. It is so creepy. And I said... Are you kidding me? You know Bloodrock. I mean, he, he came and visited <laughs> Only us. Only you would one find day. a
3: metal cardiologist. <laughs>
5: and how he, he loves what we're doing, you know. And uh, he brought uh, that uh, the, the original single of that song, DOA, uh, to my house.
3: But wait, he didn't. He's into metal, and he did not know Merciful Fader King Diamond. Before? No, he
5: didn't, no, no, no. Not he, he. He likes what we're doing. He might not have been into metal, right, and such, okay. But he liked Bloodrock. He liked the. Uh, a lot of different music. He's he he believes uh, very strongly also that music has a very healing power, uh-huh. and uh, would love to to be able to create something more. You know, he has birthday the same day as me. It's oh, pretty amazing. Oh my gosh!
3: So, it's kind of surreal that you've actually survived all this in some ways.
5: Yeah, uh, it. Uh, I don't live uh, a day without thinking about death. I, I simply don't. You know, I mean, I, I can't take for granted that I wake up tomorrow. I'm glad when I do, but I it it, it it's something I have to live with. You know. And it's, uh, it is weird. It, it's not as bad as it was right after the operation when we started actually taking walks, uh, me and my wife, where I had to uh, have confirmed from her that I was actually there. I would touch her shoulder and say, You you feel this, right? Or I would fall asleep in a chair and I would wake up in, in, in a nightmare, you know, and uh, she would be there, like, Hey, it's okay, it's okay. And I'd be like, What? I'm here, right? I'm here, right? It was, it was very, very strange. I felt like in some ways that I didn't deserve to be here for some reason well let
3: me ask you about that did you know did that change your views on anything i mean people know you are i mean we've talked about this before your views on religion and things like that this having this near-death experience and surviving and you said to yourself you you said just a few seconds ago you're like why why did i survive has it changed anything in your thinking at all
5: no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all it, it really hasn't
3: and and so so and, and i think there's a lot of miss people misconstrue a lot about what you stand for and your image and everything that you've done in your music so for clarification purposes what is it what do you believe like you said you think about death all the time what do you personally believe when you die
5: about when i die you know i, I don't have a religious belief as such or i don't have a, a book or anything else to uh, to hold uh, on to and and uh, get uh, let's say knowledge from that 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 for me that doesn't work um, I think it's but,
3: interesting you live in Texas, by the way. Which there's a church see, on every that, corner. Funny. People say that
5: a lot. You know, why, <laughs> how can you live in the Bible? I don't even see the Bibles around here. I like, no, but the, you drive driving here.
3: I passed fifteen churches on the parkway alone. That I noticed. You know, and I think
5: churches are beautiful. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like uh, I love the architecture. I love to be in them too. You know, uh, for looking around and, and seeing what right. uh, how they were created. So so it's not like that, but. Um, uh, so suddenly, when you, I die, you... I believe that I will see, uh, in some way, my parents and my cats and the, you know, the beloved ones that I have lost. I believe I will see in some shape or form. I, it can't be like it. they said there's a burden, it could be. I, I don't know, but that doesn't matter. I'm sure I will recognize them, but. That's not a thing to form a religion around, if you know what I mean. It's but
3: you know, there's that thing, and I mentioned this to you on the TV show too. People say uh, they have what they call deathbed conversions, where they're, yeah, they yeah, think yeah, they're yeah. almost going to die, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they don't believe in anything. And all of a sudden, they they recover. They're like yeah, suddenly they they're scared. Like, they're, oh, I better do that Right? Now. They hold the Bible above their head the rest <laughs> of their life. For you, you're still you're still. What what? How would you describe what you are? Would it be agnostic? Would it, what, what would you say? What?
5: If I see suddenly someone when I'm on my deathbed that's standing with a pitchfork and haunting his head, maybe I. Would. <laughs> Think about that's it. You, but, yeah.
3: So that's who's but, coming but, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: So, um, but he already has my soul. So, what does he want? Right.
3: Yeah, but but, but and you, the big big change in your life that happened in the last year. It was yes. not religion, but this is the to me the most powerful thing that can happen yeah. to anybody. And you've had your first child. Yeah. So congratulations to Thanks. you and your wife. Yeah,
5: it's it's unbelievable. I mean, uh, Byron, yeah, it's, one it's, year old boy. Yeah, he's he one just, year old. Just turned one year. You got your week. hands
3: full. Is it is, is how do you how do you like him being a father?
5: It's awesome. I, he's so amazing. I mean, absolutely, it is amazing. You know, so uh, it uh, it gives you. Uh, there's there's a lot of things that give you uh, more. Uh, what do you say? Like inspiration for continuing yeah. doing what you're doing. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I want to go out and play more shows. Uh, 2019 seems like we will be playing more shows than we might have ever played uh, in a year in our career, uh, and that has a lot to do with new management and and uh, great booking agents and you know uh, record label. Uh, everybody around is really doing a great job of of trying to put a whole lot of things together that would never have been possible uh, the way we were doing things up till now where we have done everything ourselves, you know. Uh, I know 5B was very surprised that we had gotten to where we were without having right. a management ever. We had to learn the hard way all the time, you know, but... Uh, it's nice to have the knowledge, uh, and now it's great to see uh, some people that have the power to uh, open doors that we cannot open ourselves.
3: Going back to being a dad, you named you told me you named your son Byron. Yes, and explain after who? Uh,
5: definitely inspired by David Byron, my favorite singer of all times. So Uriah Heep's uh, old singer, who is not with us anymore. But
3: uh, Uriah Heep was was they, they were one of your favorite bands.
5: Absolutely, I saw them six times with David Byron in Copenhagen.
3: Wow. See, that's an interesting... Because I was telling you before, they're currently on tour now in America right. with the current lineup. Yeah. But but Uriah Heep were never that impactful in America compared to what they meant, I think, in other parts of the world, yeah. in Europe and stuff. Yeah. They were a big band for you growing up in, in Denmark?
5: Very much so. They were the same uh, as Deep Purple, actually. Really? Uh, Did yeah. they
3: draw as many people? Were they as popular uh, as they, Deep Purple?
5: It's, they said Deep Purple would play the KP Hall where Lars Ulrich was his first show. I was there, too, you know... Uh, Which is, uh, I can't remember how many people that helped, but uh, uh, Uriah, he would play uh, the Falconer Theater or Teulis Concert Hall, which is almost the same size, you know, Uh, so uh, very, very popular, absolutely, you know. Back then, you would see Slade, Geordie, I saw Geordie uh, several times with Brian Johnson there twice. Wow so that that was very interesting too you know before uh, he ever joined ACDC and uh, I mean UFO you love UFO you know yeah. and I saw uh, back when they had just uh, released uh, No Heavy Padding uh, I hadn't heard the album at the point at that time but um, it was amazing I never saw uh 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 Michael Schenker's face during the whole concert because he was just standing bent over his flying V and the hair well, was I'm in here. front of yeah just that's all I saw. but it was amazing to see them you know and so I would go to all the concerts back then uh I have thin these autographs you know uh, that I showed to uh, to the to the fans one day too and and on a piece of paper which is actually the the uh, a flyer from a Blue Öyster Cult concert Oh my gosh I saw them at a Blue Öyster Cult concert four days after I think that I uh, saw them playing Hard Rock Cafe in Copenhagen then I went to see Blue Oyster Cult uh, at this Tivoli Concert Hall and there in the bar was all Thin Lizzy and that's where I got uh, the autographs so I, I had them sign on the back of this Blue Oyster Cult What uh, uh, is it's like a discography kind of like uh, so they're very interesting
3: Going back to having, the, I want to talk to you about some of the early days in Denmark too, and we're going to take some of the calls as well. But, but real quick, going back um, to your son having a child—this is your first, right? Yeah. So at this point in your life, this late in your life, yeah. Did your did your health scare have anything to do with the fact that you thought it would be good to have a child now too? The idea of having—we've
5: always loved children, you know, but it's always been like, yeah, well, we can't have it now with all the the business we always Touring traveling musician, and all. Right. Like, and then it became like, you know what? To hell with that. uh... It's gotta happen. People
3: and if find it's gotta a way happen, to make it work it's now, right?
5: Absolutely. He's he was six weeks old. Uh, six weeks old when uh, he was in Mexico City for for a show there. Wow! So he was there, and then he uh, went with us to Brazil, Sao Paulo, and then he went to uh, Santiago, Chile, and Las Vegas.
3: Have you put the King Diamond makeup on him yet? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> and a little bassinet he's got the makeup on <laughs> you know because there's fans that probably envision that baby being born with the makeup already on of right of course <laughs> of course and i already made him
5: a little human bone microphone
3: <laughs> oh my god it's funny stuff all right you have a little more time for us you're, yeah. you're, oh good thank you so much we want to talk more with king diamond there's a lot of other things i want to get into we were talking about your early years coming up and growing up in in uh, in denmark and what what was the first band you ever saw the when when very
5: first concert was, uh, I think I was 14, it was Grand Funk Railroad, with Motte Hubel as support. Uh, Grand Funk had uh, recorded a double live album at the Atlanta Pop Festival in 1970, and I think it was the year after they, they came to Europe and toured that exact same album.
3: And what was that, I imagine that made a big impact, was that a big, a big thing, and uh, impactful thing on you wanting to be a musician? Uh, or were you I, I already was, on your way before that?
5: No, I was not on my way there before that. I just loved music before that, but this was my the first time my parents let me go to a concert on my own. Uh-huh. Uh, I was totally, a, I was one friend, you know, the same age. Right. And uh, it was, I, mean, I can imagine how loud, they were extra loud at that time. There was so much PA in that uh, place called the KB Hall. And uh, in Denmark, uh, unbelievable. It was so loud. I had barely any hearing in school for the next week. you Yeah. Know? Uh, <laughs> It was really serious, and it had a huge impact. And then I started going to other concerts. I spent all my my allowance on that and vinyl, you know.
3: And when did it hit you that, as a kid, that you wanted to do that for a living, that you wanted to be a musician, that you could sing and wanted to sing?
5: Well, see, I didn't even know anything about singing. Uh, it was a secondary thing. Uh, uh, hearing Led Zeppelin... Uh, One and two, uh, I wanted to make that sound Jimmy Page was making. So were you playing guitar? That was the first thing I I saved up for a guitar. And I went in and and I bought a guitar and came back and it didn't sound at all like Jimmy Page's guitar. (laughs) And and some some friendly neighbor that knew electronics told me that uh, you need an amp and a distortion pedal and a speaker to, to make that sound. And I had no clue. So it was like I was starting from complete scratch, not knowing anything. I had made, this is ridiculous, my first guitar was actually, because uh, I had a real to real tape recorder that I would record things on, uh, and I had uh, a piece of wood, and there was two nails in, and between them was an elastic band. And you could actually uh, by moving the finger on it. And I recorded that stupid stuff, you know. And I would sit with a pencil and bang on something, you know, and uh, record them. And it was a four track, you know. So, so,
3: guitar was your first love. That was the thing. Yeah, yeah. Should you still play a lot of guitar?
5: I write uh, at least two thirds of all King Diamond's music. And uh, half, uh, maybe not half a musical Fates, but lately half a musical Fates, you know, in the later years. But in the beginning, I. I wrote uh, "Come to the Sabbath" and "Don't Break the Oath" and uh, "Gypsy" and so on. So,
3: was it was it um, was it difficult for you when you when did you decide you were going to embrace being the frontman and and being the singer versus guitar? Do you play a lot of other instruments besides guitar as well? Or do you- well, I get see, I can't read music.
5: I never could. I I know what an E and A is, but it pretty much stops there. You know, when the the guitars, I show them what it is I've written, you know, and uh, Andy will pick it out pretty much always, you know, but right. uh, sometimes, sometimes says, what on earth is that you're playing there? And I show him, like, oh, okay, I see. Because uh, he has to record the things, you know, he always he's much better than me, you know, so, uh, but I, I, enough, I play keyboards, I will, you know, I played a lot of keyboards on, on the albums too, you know, and a little bit of guitar here and there. Sometimes there comes a, a, a thing I've done where I have a weird finger position and, and it can be a little tricky to do it sometimes. Uh, and sometimes Andy, I say, why don't you just do it, you know? I mean, it's uh, much easier and faster instead of me sitting here uh, half breaking my fingers to try and do <laughs> that one thing. Uh, so we do that very rarely, but it happens, you know? And, but Andy has, has made uh, an, an, an extra effort, which is great, to learn my style of playing so he's incorporated my style and technique into his playing and he actually started using some of that in his own writing so that that's really been helpful uh but otherwise it's uh, i play guitar in a band called brainstorm at first uh and then uh, it broke up and i had a uh, actually saved up for having a, a Marshall stack and a gibson guitar and uh, i was looking for another band i was uh looking at a grocery store where they had all these ads Uh, right right when you walk into the store they had all these uh, looking for classified ads like yeah yeah. and there was a band that said uh, Style uh, Rainbow Deep Purple looking for a singer and I tried to sneak in as a guitarist slash singer because I'd never sung before but I wanted to see the band and They didn't have a keyboard player, and yet they were playing that stuff. So the first rehearsal I came to, uh, they said, "We don't need a guitarist. We have a guitarist that that, uh, and we just want one." And I said, oh, okay. Well, I'll just go out there anyway." And then we came, uh, we met, and uh, uh, what do we what do we play? Uh, let's try Space Trucking. Like, oh, what? Are you kidding? <laughs> me? I have never sung in my life, so I was. And they
3: wanted you to sing Space truck.
5: Yeah, so I screamed so much that I guess I was the best screamer they had had so far. But I had no voice when I came home, practically, you know. But
3: you got the gig? Yeah. Were were you able... So that was the first time you ever attempted to sing with a yeah. band? Yeah, When And were you able to go up... I mean, you're known for your high yeah. falsetto. Were you doing that then, or did you even know that? More screaming. Screaming. Yeah. But but I found out myself the way to
5: make it cleaner and nicer, you know. And uh, and then we started to... Uh, we played more. Uh, we got a keyboard player, you know, in the band, and, uh, Black Rose, it was called, and... Uh, it started sounding quite a bit like uh, Purple, Rainbow, our own songs. Uh, some of it would sound a little bit like Alice Cooper, maybe, you know, because it was uh, horror style already at that point. Already, that was what... Yeah, so, yeah.
3: so was that, that... That's the next question I was going to ask, because you, at, at that point, were you King Diamond yet? When did you adopt the name yeah, King actually, Diamond? Yeah, You started calling yourself... Y- at Brainstorm that name. already. Really? Yeah, We we, <laughs> we... Where did the name come from?
5: I have no clue. I, I Did
3: somebody give it to you, or
5: no? I came up with. It. We we all uh, thought we were going to be so big, quick, that we had to have artist names because we had heard that that you know uh, bands always had these Stage English names. names, yeah. And uh, one guy was uh, actually called Yes Jacobs and they were like, "You can't be called that." You. <laughs> it's like, "Whoa, what's wrong?" <laughs> like, no, no, you need to be. Uh, what about Jesse James? It's like, and so he was Jesse James, and the uh, guitarist was Mike West, and I was King Diamond, and I have no clue where I came. You from.
3: just walked in one day and said, S- "I'm going to be King Diamond." Yeah, and ah. and,
5: I, and and I could tell people that. oh, Of course, I chose it because diamonds are forever. and I'm still around, so you know. But it would be a lie. So I have no clue.
3: That's amazing. That's amazing. Usually, it would. I always wondered that because usually it would come from something or yeah. a TV show or something that hit you and. And
5: reality hit us quick in the face but we had a booking agent that was absolutely worthless you know and he booked us at some of these places even when, when i joined uh, brats uh, and then that became merciful fate i remember the booking agent we had there he he uh the first show we played with merciful fate ever was at a school where they had the like a party of the month or whatever it was And it was a completely wrong booking. None of them were into heavy metal at all. And uh, someday we'll probably release the tapes because we have them. Oh wow! And uh, it's—I remember you will hear me standing there talking to. I got so mad because they were not into it at all, and they were just—they—they got none of it. And it was like, "What are you a bunch of discos out there? What What the hell are you doing, man?" And it's worse, I can't say here. But no, it you like, can say them here. Oh, why don't you just go fuck yourself and piss off on one of you fuckers in here. And then we had a trouble afterwards outside the show, and we ended up in a fight and all this stupid shit. That was Merciful Fate's first show ever.
3: Oh, my God! Completely booked wrong, you know. <laughs> you should never
5: have been in that place.
3: From the get-go, from the very first show with Merciful Fate, was it always the... the um, Was the theatrical element always there? Was the, Yeah, because
5: the makeup was there, you know, the, the, the weird costume, you can say, had already started there. It started with Black Rose. I mean... Well, make, you were doing make, that in black in the band before. Was f- from 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 Brainstorm was makeup. That was in '76 already. At that and
3: time. what inspired you to go with makeup and, and a costume like that? I mean, where, what was the visual inspiration for you? There's a
5: couple of, of bands, but the absolute first one uh, was when I saw uh, Peter Gable and Genesis in uh, '74, mm-hmm. played in Copenhagen, uh, Falcon Air Theater, and uh, they played the whole uh, double album, The down on Broadway, and then they did another, I think, almost an hour and a half of uh, Watch of the Skies and the musical but all, all the heavier songs from the early albums and the, the the way it was presented all these different costumes and the makeup of Peter Gabriel that, that was what absolutely blew me if I was ever going to be in a band we would have to have a show like that and then the the year after 75 I saw it as Cooper uh, Welcome to a Nightmare uh, blew me away too completely you know So a lot of people thought it was Kiss, you know, but that was not uh, what inspired me to do those things. You know, Uh, I liked Kiss back in those days, absolutely. You know, I saw uh, their early concerts and all this stuff. But that was not where that came from. Uh, Genesis, you would probably not think of, but that's the first inspiration But no, Peter
3: Gabriel was was very theatrical as a performer. Extremely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When you put on, when you talk about Kiss or Alice Cooper or, I don't know from, from Peter Gabriel's perspective, but I know from talking to people, the guys in Kiss and Alice, when you when you be put on the makeup and you put on the costume, even to this day when you yeah. do shows, do you feel different? Do you do no. you you don't? Because sometimes they feel like they're almost it's like a superhero going yeah, in, and becoming no. a different. Nothing changes. No, your, your, not at all. Your, your personality, nothing changes. It, it happens
5: at the hotel rooms, you know. I do it there because it's more relaxing, and then I stand and I listen to uh, the through the set that I'm going to go sing now, and then that's. So you get
3: you prepare and you put makeup on and put get into your costume in your hotel prior to getting to the gig. Yeah, and then uh, you just get a… arrive. You don't call an Uber, do you? (laughs) You dress like (laughs) that. (laughs) I can tell you one thing: if they bring a if they bring
5: a a limo, I refuse to go in. I don't drive in limos. That's something I don't feel right.
3: Doesn't uh, doesn't suit you? No,
5: not at all. So, it, but uh, yeah, that would be great. Right. That, <laughs> <if> it,
3: <laughs> calling a new purchase like that. It's not Halloween. Who is this guy?
5: <laughs> we 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 had an incident once. Now you talk about that, you know, where a cap was picking us up after a show in New York. They, this is like really crazy. Um, the security guard was with me. Of course, we had just left uh, after having finished playing, and there was that. You're cab. still in costume. Yes. Okay. And the cap has been. You know, he doesn't want to let me in because he sees me. And uh, the security guard sees people come out from the venue, and he gets, oh, God, he, he gets panicked. He gets in the front and says, you've got to open the door in the bag. Open the door. Now, now. And then the guy said, no, 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 no. And then he said to him, you do it now or i kill you. The security guy? Said that to the driver. And then he opened the door, and I got in. And he said, drive now, he told him. It was almost a kidnapping. Not... Quite, but technically close. You know, I, I, free, I. Say, you can't sit. You can't talk to people like that. Are you insane? They threatened to kill him. He, he was from Denmark. He didn't speak English so well. So he, he just went in panic there. A security like, guy. Yeah. And then he started driving, and then he called in all kinds of weird stuff. You know, I said, "Oh God, we're going to be met by 15 cabs somewhere, and they are going to absolutely make an example out of us." But then I managed to explain to him, that, "Hey, hey, hey, it is not." What it seems like here. Just let's all calm down. Right. I'm sitting there in makeup, sweating <laughs> after a show. <laughs> trying to calm <laughs> this guy down because I don't want to be uh, accused of having tried to... Uh, right, right, right. Kidnap a, a taxi driver. Oh.
3: What, what have been, what has been, in, in, and I promise the callers we're going to get to you in a second, but just a few more things from me. What what has been some of the crazier circumstances you have found yourself in doing shows, whether it be with Merciful Fate or King Diamond? I'm sure you've dealt with protests, right? Have you dealt with people like protests? Yeah, protesting? but very few
5: actually, very few. Much less than you would ever think because uh, most of it had been... Uh, Already made clear in interviews and stuff like that, uh, what it's about, or what it's not about. I mean, even the 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 senator wives uh, over here with the filter fifteen list and all the stuff, you know. Uh, oh, the PMRC stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. were on that, right? Yeah, yeah. Into the Coven, Merciful fate was uh, on there. You know, it's I don't know what number it was, but there was only fifteen songs. You know, and it, it was kind of like we were all like proud. When we saw it in, in uh, one That's of the newspapers. good news
3: sure. Yes, yeah, like,
5: thanks. Oh my God, <laughs> we would never have gotten That was the it. most coverage uh, Merciful Fate would yeah, have ever gotten. <laughs> absolutely, that probably got us the first tour with Motorhead over here. <laughs> Who well. knows? So it's... Uh, Afterwards, you think, why? Why did they? They must have been bored to try to <laughs> get into these kind of things and trying to see these weird things because they were the ones with the with the strange minds. They saw all these strange things oh, that know. was not even in the lyrics. So
3: I, uh, I know I worked in a record store at the time, and I used to tell people all the time. I mean, whenever those records were highlighted, we'd sell more of them because of course, because yeah. it was it was more promotion. I, oh yeah, I thought that the, anything that had the sticker on it that made the people want it more. So Absolutely. I didn't. I I would tell artists, don't even fight it. Yeah. You know, let it happened, it's Absolutely. the best promotion that you could possibly have. Absolutely, before we take some calls from the audience, the uh, just you, you mentioned about a King Diamond DVD and, and that coming, working on a new studio record and that coming. Do, do you have any plans to do anything with Merciful Fate again in any way with any of the guys?
5: But I've always said that I would not be against doing it, you know. Uh, the, what it would take is Uh, we have to have the perfect storm kind of you know to make everything all the stars have to align properly then it might be possible to do uh, something with Mercil Fate but it's like uh, we are not there right now or anything like that you know but I still talk to Hank of course uh, a lot about business Mercil Fate is doing business still because uh, uh, Metal Blade has just bought the entire catalog old Warner catalog which was owned by uh, Warner uh, Brothers you know and they just bought the whole catalog. They now have the entire catalog of commercial Fate and for King Diamond. Which is a very interesting uh, thing to work with for the future, for uh, publishing and other things like that, that we have to start working on with, with uh, management. You know, there's a lot of things to to be uh, put on the right rails, so that we can start going uh, in a proper... Because we have a lot of things that needs to be fixed, uh, which... We did have the the,
3: the from a business knowledge. standpoint. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah we're in a, you're in a totally different world now yeah, because now there's yeah. the deals with streaming and all this sort of stuff. Ooh, a very very uh, new subject. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting then because for fans listening, I think this is really uh, uh, that are fans of 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 uh, of you. there. This is very exciting because it sounds like. You've, you've gotten on the other side of all the health stuff, thankfully. Yeah. Now you're feeling good. You've done that tour, which was so successful. I mean, you headlined huge events, big production. Now you've got behind the scenes very, very major representation in terms of management, something you never had. Yes. So, so those are all very important pieces. That if you're a King Diamond fan, to say, wow, the future's really bright because yes. we're really going to do some great things here. Absolutely. That you're you're going to fully get back into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. That's really good to hear. I'm sure fans are excited to hear that as well. So, um, And one last thing we should mention, a couple... Um, a couple of years ago, you last time I had you on, you had just put that compilation together, right? Yeah, you did that yeah, great. yeah. And I remember how much you worked on the mastering. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I remember at the time oh, you told yeah. me you had these special, super high-end speakers. Remember? Yes, you the We were talking speakers. on the phone. What What are they called again?
5: Barefoot. Barefoot. It's. Uh, I use them every day. It's uh, for, for. I have a. Andy Ravok has the same exact pair in his studio, and I have them in my living room. And I also have a smaller pair in my studio room. It's unbelievable. I simply cannot say enough good about them. They they are so thousand percent accurate,
3: real sound, exactly. What are what you? Is. Would you consider yourself to be an audiophile? Or are you big into audio? You know well,
5: with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, and, and and getting those speakers. Andy warned me before. I said, once we go here, you are never going back to anything else. You can't. It's impossible. If you ever lose them or something like that, you have to get another pair, though you cannot do with anything else. They are that good. And that's what we're judging everything on, you know, and uh, I'm going to also run the DVDs through that, but I'm not there at this point. I've been doing everything on a different system because I wanted to do a system that is closer to what everybody out uh, and around are going to listen to it on, you know, so we know it sounds good uh, wherever people play it. But the last test... Is that I put it up there too, you know, and and, and Andy, know. But Andy has mixed it together with uh, a guy called uh, Pontus Norgren, who's a guitarist for Hammerfall. He's also our live uh, audio technician, and he mind-blowing. And he's done an amazing job together with Andy there. And I've been uh, coming in later saying, "Hey, I think the guitars could come a little bit here, and uh, the voice, you maybe a few more uh, uh, reverb delays here on this part, and uh, you know, coming with with." Uh, the last final uh comments to to what i think because uh, it's easier to sit with a big picture when you have not sat that close with it uh, and i try to stay away from it this time with this uh, video stuff you know and, and and also with all the editing and stuff like that where denise that's doing it from the york is doing an absolutely amazing job like i told you that, that it, we have all these camera angles in there there's really so many that that people will be shocked when they see it Mm. and and for her to be able to do it the way she is doing it i don't know how she did it
3: yeah that's a big undertaking when you've got that i mean that i mean that much footage to to pick and choose from and cut that's a lot to do so but you're going to get it out this year that's the point oh
5: absolutely absolutely i mean like i said philadelphia show is uh 95 98% done and uh, grass pop is eighty uh, percent done. I would say at least, uh, if not further. What
3: was the biggest show you played on that last run? I know you headlined a festival in Vegas. I know you did the stuff. And and what was the what was your personal biggest show or your favorite show you did on this last run of touring? Oh God, was there favorite one that stands out.
5: I save a Several of them, both grass pop and Hillfish, the two that that was that it's footage from. You know, uh, uh, was great shows. I mean, we 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 played. Also, Copenhagen. We, we was uh, they. They were great. Sweden Rock was great. We Queen was there uh, playing late night, and we played after them. Of course, they're a headliner. The same we played after Black Sabbath or uh, in Hellfest and Grass Pop, uh, which was such a privilege, you know, because Sabbath played up till a little after midnight and one thirty. No, not well. Twelve thirty. We would go on and play for an hour and a half till two in the morning. Wow. And people stayed. Sure they were, And it was Black Sabbath. And we were standing on the one stage, same size as the one Sabbath is playing on, looking over to the other side where they are now going through a, a Paranoid. And we stand behind the curtain, of course. No one can see us. And it's like, I can't believe it. One of my absolute heroes are standing on uh, doing this, and we're going to play now. And we did that two times. And then uh, uh had, uh, oh, was it Scorpions that played on a Thursday, I think? Headlined their biggest stage. We headlined Friday. And then Sabbath headline Saturday where I stayed. I was supposed to go home, but I stayed one extra day to see Sabbath there. And I saw it. I crawled up in their their tower and saw it from up there. It was absolutely. I'll never forget it, you know. And then I saw them again in in uh, uh, Dallas with their last show there. And uh-huh. again they were absolutely fantastic. I mean, uh, it was hot and humid, which is great for a singer's voice, and also sounded fantastic there. I mean, it, it was it was so good. Never forget it.
3: Great stuff. King Diamond is here with me. All right, I promised uh, the audience they would get to say hello to you. So you, you okay with a few phone calls? Absolutely. All right, we're gonna let uh, we're gonna let you guys fire away at King Diamond, and we'll grab some calls for him right after this commercial break on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. This, this is the Eddie Trunk
1: Podcast.
3: Hey, I got some useful car tips you might not be aware of. Check this out a coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage. And you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. Weird, right? Well, here's another tip you also might not know about True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right, True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With a certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience. Whether you buy new or used, and with TrueCar, users can see what others paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with the TrueCar certified dealers. So when you're ready to buy a new or a used car, Check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car-buying experience. Some features are not available in all states.
2: Good news for the first time ever. The Adam Corolla Show is in virtual reality, live Saturday, April 21st. Just a one time four ninety nine dollars subscription, and you can see it on your phone or your computer in virtual 360 reality. You don't need glasses, only a web-enabled device. Experience a live show from the comfort of your own internet. It's not going to air as a regular show, so you can only see it in person Saturday, April 21st, or buy the VR download and watch on your favorite device. Get it at podcastone.com slash Corolla VR. Podcastone.com slash
4: Corolla VR.
1: This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
3: Let's get back to more of my conversation with King Diamond on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Ricky in Maryland has been waiting for over an hour to say hello to King Diamond. Ricky, you're on the air. Go ahead, man.
2: Hey, thanks for the opportunity, brother. Hey, King, how are you, brother?
3: Doing good, man. How are you?
2: Uh, I'm doing a heck of a lot better now that I finally get to talk. To man, I love the death, man. I love <laughs> you, brother. I've been a
5: thank you, man. So much.
2: Years, man. Oh my God, wow. it's a it's a it's a total honor to talk to you, sir. Um, Thank you. You're, you're amazing. You're amazing. I, I I wish I could say I saw you thirty five years ago live. I, my first show was in uh, Virginia um, at a little place called Jax. It was about thirteen years ago. That was the first time I get to see you play live, and I've seen you a whole. Bunch I remember
5: Jax. Yeah, yeah. I remember Jax. Very low stage, right?
2: Yeah, it was. It was a very yeah. small place. Actually, I think it maybe yeah, yeah. like eight hundred people, maybe. But uh, yeah. dude, that it was an amazing show. Uh, a lot of theatrical stuff that you, not only do you sound like you're the coolest fucking sounding lead singer in the history of heavy metal. And <laughs> oh, wow. that, not only that, not only that, you're the coolest looking fucking guy in heavy metal. And I just recently got a statue of you from this place called Knuckle Bones.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: And, and it's a low number. It's like 330 of 1777, I think. Um, yeah. so that, that's, that's my most recent, that was only like a week ago. So how cool is it? I just got that. And now I get to talk to you, brother. So thank you for the time. I don't want to take up too much more, but I'm sure there's other fans out there. It was pretty
5: nicely done, right? That statue, pretty good job. Oh, it's, it's,
2: it's beautiful, sir. And you know what? I'm going to post it on Facebook today. And I'm also going to uh, post this video of me talking to you as well. So <laughs> it's cool. it great. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait,
5: wait till you—if you push—if you, push, if you uh, put that the statue next to your bed, you know when you sleep. I read that. I read that. Oh, you read I'm, that. I'm going to see from. Yeah, I read that on the. You back, might get some glimpse of the story from the next album. Oh, wait, what happens
3: when you put the statue in the dark? What happens?
5: Well, it might start oh, inducing it, things into I'll his, I'll his let, head while like he's that. sleeping.
3: <laughs> all right, Ricky. Thank you, man. Hey, take care, man. Uh, thank you for the call. This is this is Thomas, who is in Denmark. I don't know. We don't reach. Oh, wow. We reach U.S. and Canada. I don't know about Denmark. But Thomas, go ahead. You're on with King Diamond.
2: Um. First of all, Eddie, thank you very much for having such an awesome guest on.
3: Cool, Thomas. Are you in and Denmark me? now?
4: Oh. Yes. Yes, I'm in Brunswick.
3: Oh, wow! And how are you hearing yeah, the outside. show on an app or something, or?
1: Yeah, yeah, on the app.
3: Okay, I don't know how he's doing yeah. it, but I'm glad you're listening. Go ahead, Thomas.
2: Oh, well, actually, I'm talking to you on Magic Jack, and it's working great.
3: Um, okay, but anyways, also I'd like to say,
0: King,
2: glad you're doing great. Thanks, and man. to look
5: at at
0: the new burn,
5: <laughs> tax what is he saying? Translate. My... Congratulations with your new, with your new kid, your newborn kid. Oh wow! Yes. Okay. Yes. yes.
2: Hey, I I did it. Hey, honey, I did it. I'm actually yeah. from
3: Southern California, so all it's right. Kind of strange. All right, At Thomas. We got a ton of calls. Get your question out. I know you're calling from Denmark, okay. but get your question, please. Two, two quick questions. Two quick questions. King, do you have any plans on working with uh,
2: Mikael Posen from uh, Volbeat? And. Uh, are you
5: still in touch with Jonas Hansen from uh, from um, Silver Mountain? Wow, that's interesting. No, I'm not in in contact with Jonas. But man, I I remember those uh, days when the two brothers uh, were in Silver Mountain there, and I heard their demo tapes back from. God, that, that was Mercyful Fate early, early demo days. And uh, I remember I looked so much up to those guys at that time. They were really, really... What was the band called? Silver Mountain from the- Sweden. Oh, okay. Great band man back then. It was really, really cool. No, I have not talked to any of those guys. I, didn't, I don't even know if they are playing anymore.
3: And uh, he mentioned if you were going to do and, anything and, more and with Volbeat. With
5: Michael and Volbeat, uh, I have n- no plans at the moment, you know, but um, the future is always open for anything, you know.
3: Tyler in Georgia. Hey, Tyler, how are you, buddy?
5: Hey, Ed. Hey, King.
2: Uh, it's hey. an honor to be able to congratulate you uh, on your health and your baby. That's just that's awesome. Um, thank
5: you very much. My, my, my,
2: my introduction to you was a friend of mine sat me down in his room, turned off the lights, lit a candle, and said, listen to this. Merciful Faith, Melissa, thank you for scaring the crap out of me. Well, <laughs> I've been, I've, I've, I've well been he, he knew how to... Been,
3: king has done his job then his job has been done (laughs) you don't you don't
5: uh, even go ahead you don't know how many times i've done that to myself where (laughs) i put a candle up that's all there is and i listen to old coven or whatever it might be these crazy, you know the early black sabbath or all this stuff you know and it works great man it's a good uh, a very good mood changer
2: yeah I uh, saw you here in Atlanta um at a, at a place called the Tabernacle. I don't know it was very fitting yeah. to see King Diamond yeah. at a converted church of all places. Yes. So that was uh <laughs> glad we all survived it. And my question <laughs> is uh, what do you think of the band Ghost and what they're doing with the makeup and the satanic all and what, what do you think of that band and I'll and I'll jump off. Thank you again.
5: Well, I I would say about Ghost that uh, the last album, the third album they did is uh uh, half the songs there I really like. I think they're doing some really good stuff on uh, half of those songs. You know, like where I, for my personal taste, of course. You know, the other songs it's all done very professionally, You know, uh, all the 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 production people that are involved there is very very highly skilled. You know, uh, it it took uh, some time to. I have listened to the first albums too. You know, but uh, you know, everybody has different taste. You know, I I like it. Some people can compare it a little bit to Mercyful Fate sometimes, you know, and say But for me, you know, like you, Mercyful Fate can barely start a song without there having to be a long guitar solo. It's this crazy whatever we do, you know, Mercyful Fate, and that was not exactly the way that the ghost uh, approached their stuff. So I mean, I don't hear Ghosts being like Mercyful Fate at all, which I am glad they aren't because uh, why would you want to be that? You know, you want to be yourself, and they're certainly creating something uh, that that. Uh, I think it's very, very respectful that they they uh, do things uh, their own way and have creating a very uh, unique style uh, and uh, a completely different show than we do. We have nothing in common really with with what the show is, except for there's makeup involved. I would say, you know, so. Uh, but it's great to see. I love bands that, that are putting on uh, an extra show for the fans. I think that's always great. So I wish them all the best, uh, absolutely. And I think they're they're doing fine. I mean, they're doing some good stuff. They have great management, too.
4: I know that, too.
3: Let's talk to Mark, who's in Illinois. Hey, Mark, you're on with King Diamond.
4: The last time I talked to you, King, I was 18 years old. Uh, I was over 30 years ago at a station called Z-Rock, which actually you were responsible. They used you as a poster child to get rid of that station in Chicago. Eddie might actually remember that.
3: (laughs) Um, Wait a minute. They used a picture of King Diamond for a reason that metal shouldn't be on the radio?
4: (laughs) Yes, Z-Rock was a metal station in Chicago. Um, it, it rocked, kicked ass, and then, believe it or not, it was really big in like 85, 86, and then when yeah. King Diamond and uh, they were just using, it was a whole PRC thing, and then he was the poster child in Chicago as to why that station was gone and the Mormons bought it out believe it or not and I, it, I, we, we, it broke our hearts at the time but uh, well, Z-Rock, Z-Rock, was a,
3: and- Z-Rock was a syndicated outlet Z-Rock I think originated in Texas I think that the very yeah. first where it start, where it broadcast from was I believe in somewhere here in Texas and then it was syndicated out so there was like affiliates they would have 20-30 stations I, I remember in New York it was on where I was it was a super brief time and it was on an AM station which is terrible for hearing mm-hmm. music you know and I, so I I do remember right. that but it was it was it was uh based in texas if i'm not mistaken and you just would have had an affiliate there in chicago it sounds like
5: i did several interviews i think it was uh, like uh, at, at the the radio. Sorry, i did several interviews at their the radio stations you know and uh all the great people uh yeah uh, booby bondage was uh yeah. the <laughs> wife of uh of the guy that uh what was his name that that uh, i don't remember ran, all the had, names but, but i mean i remember first time I, I flew in here to do something, and they picked me up. That's where I got the first real taste of Texas, you know, where they said, uh, hey, how are you all doing? And it was just me standing there, and I was like, oh, look at all my shoulders. around. What, what are you?
3: <laughs> okay, I didn't get that. Could you say that again? How long have you lived here in Texas? Oh, since 92. Uh, oh, a long time. Yeah, a long time. You should be saying y'all by now. I know. I'm trying hard not to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my, my
5: uh, original... Uh, Danish accent. There you yeah,
3: go. You yeah. still have that intact. Mark, yeah. go ahead with your question for King.
4: Real quick. You know what? I'll listen for the answer afterward. When you found guitarists like Hank and, and Mike, I mean, I'm going to tell you something. It's on the level of Queens, right? Just, I mean, there was, you know, Slayer back in the day, Megadeth, Metallica, but you were something so different. And I wanted to know, I, I, I take responsible for bringing you to the south side of Chicago, because when people heard you, oh my God, but... When you, when you you kind of changed directions uh, after you left Merciful Fate and you went on your own and the, the 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 demonic thing kind of went to more storytelling and I'm kind of wondering was that something you wanted to do and was was that was Hank and, and Mike not on board with that and I'll listen for that after I hang up and it was great talking to you
3: all right all right Mark thank you all
5: right well you know. Uh... I wouldn't say they w- weren't on on board with all that stuff, Michael and uh, and Hank. You know, they just Michael Denner actually uh, had parents that was into the occult and stuff like that, and and he knew uh, some stuff about it. But he was not always comfortable with it, you know. Uh, but with Hank, it was like uh, I don't think uh, I think Hank is much more uh, aware of it today than he was back then. It was uh, strange uh, and and foreign for him, and not really something that he could relate a lot to. So he played his guitars and and uh, but but of course it affects everybody you know that that are involved with it because we did the craziest things back then you know when we started we didn't have a lot of money for instance this one here that our a guy that I still work with today Ole Bang, uh he's a functioning tour manager. We used to take uh, blood from his arm uh, oh every God. time we played in the oh early days God. when we uh, had a show with girls' School that turned into some crazy thing because... We we took that and we had goose feathers uh, according to a ritual you know that was on the front of an altar that we have on stage and I was putting we took he
3: actually took <laughs> your his wife own has blood. her hands in her face just shaking her head he right now he actually to took think. his own
5: blood you know in, in, in uh, with with a needle and all this stuff and then here's my blood, you know and then wait we you would take
3: your tour manager's blood every gig yeah we didn't play that many gigs. <laughs> I would be de- could I would be shriveled up mess by the time the three shows in.
5: <laughs> yeah,
3: actually, he, we still have him. What so did you do with the blood when you took it out? of Your tour we, managers, we had arm? it in a
5: little uh, bowl on stage, you know, and then we took. Uh, Why not just use a prop? It was still warm.
3: Ah, okay. you, you you guys were that authentic that you actually wanted real blood. Yeah,
5: we did it, and we were stenting. Uh, uh, you know, these uh, this. Droplets uh, onto these uh, to try and get some. Uh, oh, so you
3: were really going for you? you, yeah, whatever we, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not just. Uh, it wasn't. Oh, I It was still
5: like um, uh, LaVey's style. It was uh, the early days, you know, and, and something happened there. there. There was something happening at that place. And uh, Kim Kelly from Girls School actually, they were playing after, they were headlining the show. We were supporting them. They told us afterwards that it was so. Weird to see us play because there was something in there that they could not describe. And she got knocked down. She got an electric... N- not died. You know, of course not. She, but she got electric uh, shock from her microphone stand. And she grabbed it uh, in between songs. They had played one song. I was taking my makeup off in, in the the in the dressing room and this guy came in, the blood guy, you know. He came in and said, have you heard that? I was like, there were these noises coming through the PA." And then I don't know why I said it. It was strange, strange, strange. I said... Just wait and see. They'll play one song and then they're going to stop for the rest of the evening. I don't know why I, I came up and said that, but sure enough, there was, boom, you could hear the microphone stand fall over. Her boyfriend had come running in from the side. He was part of the crew and kicked the microphone stand off of her. She has later told me, uh, that said, oh, I don't want to talk to anyone about it because uh, it makes me feel like they think I'm crazy. But I'll, I'll tell you, King, she told me at backstage at a f- festival somewhere, you know, uh, and we sat and talked for a while. And um, she said that she had seen herself hang up under the ceiling in the concert hall. Oh, my gosh. Looking down on herself on the stage. She saw her, her boyfriend come running in, kicking it off. And then she flew back into herself. And she was in the hospital in Denmark uh, the next day. We went in and we, we found a bootleg album we bought for her as a gift. And when we came in there and gave it to her and talked to them and said, hey, man, we hope everything is cool and all this stuff. Um, and on the radio the next day, the promoter was talking. And he was talking about the incident. The Danish police had come and measured all the electrical installations and all this stuff because they had foreign gear. Nothing was wrong. Nothing was wrong. And he ended up saying, I don't know what was here yesterday, but there was something, and it should not have been here, he said. And I hope it never happens again. Oh, my gosh. It was absolutely weird. We have it on tape at home. It is On it is, video? No, we have it on, on, on cassette Audio. tape. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. It's creepy uh, stuff, you know, but uh, but uh, she was okay and all this stuff, but uh, we haven't done it since. We are not going to do it since. But, it, you know, you, you you think something sometimes, uh, but, um, but I've, I've always respected these things a thousand percent and will always do it, you know. And that's why I have a very natural relationship with the occult or the other side, whatever you want to call it, you know, and it's... it's uh, you know that too from home we have four spots in our house now that that uh, has uh, these cold spots where
3: what are they called cold spots
5: yeah there's something there you know uh, one one of the things is probably uh, an old uh, ss uh, officer i think that we have in the house
3: that you feel th- essentially a it, ghost of yeah
5: yeah yeah it, it it sounds crazy now i have to explain this little story too. then uh, one christmas uh, livia's um, Dad had gotten a special gift from Hungary he brought with him over because he knows that I am fascinated by Second World War, First World War II. Especially Second World War because my dad was in it and he was a freedom fighter in Denmark and was fighting the the Nazis and all this stuff. So it's not like I'm a Nazi or anything like that, but he had brought from a farm in uh, (laughs) close to where you had a a summer house uh, outside of Budapest. um, He had bought a pair of SS officer boots that he wanted to give me as just like, you know, because I'm into this kind of stuff, not, you know, the the, the war. Right. And uh, he, he showed them to me. He he said that everybody in that little village says that the farmer had killed the German officer, so he died in those boots. And uh, what had happened was the, the, the officer had come, when the Russians came to liberate, liberate in situation marks, uh, uh, Hungary, he wanted to flee, of course, the German officer, so he tried to go to a farm to get civilian clothes and get away. Uh, and then they say that the farmer killed him. The farmer says, no, he didn't, but he had all his clothes, and all that he's been selling it. And the only thing he had left was the boots that they say he died in. And so his, it, his dad bought it, and he brought it uh, to to uh, for Christmas uh, and as a gift. So I have it. They, they, they stand in front of my fireplace now, you know. Um, and you can see are stamps inside Dr. Glockman that made them and all this stuff you know it's pretty unique stuff uh, that night at 2 in the morning there was so much noise from the living room in front of the fireplace there's tile like there's so much on top of it all kinds of uh, demonic little things you know that stand up there figurines and stuff. Like that. it was like as if someone had s- swept the whole thing down and it landed down on the tile so loud I have a gun I grabbed my gun Livia's Mom and dad was there And her younger sister I grabbed the gun We had one cat only I saw her walk by magic And so she had nothing to do with it I grabbed the gun I tried Okay I gotta clear the house There must be someone in here I go out I uh, see the sister standing in the hallway I'm like go back With the gun in my hand She freaked out And ran back in You know And then I cleared the house Lights strategically turned on So I could shoot first If there was someone there There was nobody in there There was nothing out of place So I go up uh, in the attic, and take a look up there. Everything's fine. And we had snow that Christmas, so there was full of snow. So I went outside with a with a flashlight. I walked around the house. There were no footprints. There was nothing up on the roof. Nothing had happened. Everybody had been woken up by these absolutely monstrously loud racks, you know. And I just felt like, okay, uh, I guess he made his announcement that he is here, you know.
3: Wow. Mm-hmm. Th- so you feel that that. Being is still in your house now. Absolutely, yeah. You're just okay with that? That's just the way it's got <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> to be? Yeah, it's the way it's got to be. Oh, my gosh. That's it, heavy. It, it, you you can't say that the guy
5: might... Uh, he might not have been a bad guy, you know? just be, He could have been one that uh, actually... Uh, Safe, Seville because of his position. Who knows? I don't know anything about that. But Mike Faley, actually, from, from Middleweight Records, he's very much into this, too, and he has a lot of connections. So he told me once that, hey, you should give me these uh, serial numbers that's on there. I, I can check it for you because I don't want to sit and, and, and search on, on Nazi stuff on, on the right. internet because right, I, right, I'm right, right into that. So. Right, right,
0: right.
3: Fascinating. Wow. Let's talk to Ronnie, who's in Oklahoma. Go ahead, Ronnie. You're on with King Diamond.
0: Yeah. Uh, a new,
3: listener, a new caller, a new listener, hey, King Diamond. Hey, Ronnie, you got a real bad phone connection. So get your question oh. out because we don't want to lose you. Oh, hey, uh, I'm a new caller and uh, King Diamond. I just want to ask a question. How did you get that that uh, that lawsuit against you about Gene Simmons saying that he that you copied his makeup? And personally, to
4: me, your makeup didn't really look like his
5: it never turned into a lawsuit either you know it was uh, presented to uh, the record label that they did not want us to uh, there was the makeup from them actually so it didn't look very much like anything like that but it was a time where Kiss had dropped the makeup I think you know so it was uh, a time where um, I don't think Kiss did as well without the makeup as they had done with it on you know and they went back uh, getting the makeup uh, again which was probably a smart thing I think uh, but at the time, you know, they uh, it, it could have been a publicity stunt or something like that because it certainly got a lot of publicity, um, but it was never really a problem, you know. The, the funny thing is that at the time when that came in, I saw the the actual uh, uh, trademarks that they have on the the, the the makeups from the first album, and uh, I, I would say that a three-year-old kid could have seen the difference, you know, but they, it never became an issue because at that time, you know, we had conspiracy album coming out Uh And we were working on a different cover, but it went wrong. Uh, There was a very complex uh, process with that cover, the original cover. It could have been fantastic, but it didn't work. And we had a tour coming up, and the record label said, we need this album out. You cannot start touring without the album. We have to have it out. Uh, Let's put a a picture of your face on. I was like, what? That's not a real cover. So I was not even uh, for that uh, at all. They said, there is no other way. Do it. And that makeup was already planned for the next tour to be that makeup uh, for Conspiracy. So that became the cover. And suddenly uh, then the record said, so what about this makeup? Is that cool if we change it to that? But I never changed it. You know, it was already there. So it was, it was kind of like uh, sometimes uh, Gene has said that, oh, yeah, he changed it. Because I said, it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, uh, I have nothing against them. Uh, Did or, you ever
3: talk to Gene Simmons about it? No. No.
5: But it's never bothered me. It's never been a. Problem, I never saw you
3: know, any. I'm a huge Kiss fan. I never yeah, saw I any similarities yeah. to it at all. I didn't. I never saw. No,
5: it. it's like, you know, but also if you want to sue somebody, you've got to make sure, of course, that there's not others, Peter Gabriel, as Cooper. Right. Uh, there's so many that had used it bad by that time, you know, the early 70s, late 60s, even.
3: One more quick call here, and then I think we've got to wrap it up. Ryan in Florida. Go ahead, Ryan.
4: Yeah, um,. This is a show of a, triv- a trivia question uh, that has nothing to do with rock music, so forgive me for asking, but I'm dying to know. My question for King Diamond is, what is the best movie you've ever seen?
3: The best movie? That's a, it's an interesting question, because I'm sure that would play into some of your music and make an influence. What's yeah. your favorite movie? The Shining? The Shining.
5: Yeah. It's a good one. I like it a lot because there's so much uh, psychological, there's so many twists in it that uh, I found all kinds of different explanations for, you know, uh, who is this person really? Who is that person? uh, There was a lot of twists there and uh, you you pretty much had to go look for an explanation to find out what was really going on, you know, behind all the, the, what you actually saw.
3: Yeah. Well, listen, I can't thank you enough for taking the time here to, to join me today. Absolutely. My pleasure. It was it's really great. I, I could great. do this, uh, come here once a month and do the show. Great setting that we're doing it it's at. It's fantastic. Great guest. It's, it's been fantastic. awesome. So I appreciate you coming I'll by. Be here next
5: time too, if you want.
3: Yeah. And, and let me, well, we'll do something more Just, when the DVD's ready, right? Absolutely. So we'll get I mean, ready if, uh, for that. Uh, yeah. It sounds like you're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff coming up yes, now that you've got all, all these pieces so in many. place. We have
5: plans uh, have been set now for the next three years, actually.
3: That's awesome, yeah. awesome, and congratulations on your son to both Thank of you, you. So much. and most importantly, your health, man. You look thanks. great. I'm glad you're Thank doing you so, so much. well. Well, thanks to King Diamond on the Eddie Trunk podcast this week. Thanks to the Guitar Sanctuary McKinney for hosting me. Thanks to King for making the time to come over and sit in on the show. I hope you did enjoy that interview. Remember, the Eddie Trunk Podcast is new every Thursday, PodcastOne.com and iTunes. Remember, when you shop on Amazon, be sure to do it on my page. Start at Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Check that page. See what I got in store for you there. Do all your shopping from that page on the rest of the site. Again, Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Also, be sure to read my website. Updated all the time. Music news as well. It's all there for you at eddytrunk.com and at Eddie Trunk Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You guys have a great week, and I'll see you next Thursday for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, free, as always, podcast1.com and iTunes.
1: true crime series murder made me famous is now on podcast one showcasing some of the most notorious crimes imaginable including scott peterson jody arias ted bundy and more see how murder made them famous new episodes starting every tuesday on apple podcasts as well as podcast one.com and the podcast one app and check out the new season of murder made me famous starting saturday april 14th on the reels channel